What's going on, Niner fam? It is Peter Lucas. This is the Niner Fanatic Podcast, and I got with me today special treat for my fans and for his fans. We got Bay Area Baller from Bay Area Baller 18's YouTube channel. Also, straight out of the Bay with uh, Mean and uh, and Jay and all those guys, like uh, Kelts. I can't forget my boy Kelts, but. It's like I guess it, it is today the last day of training camp because they got tomorrow off and then it's officially preseason. So we're gonna get into all of that. We're gonna get into the unofficial depth chart. We're gonna just talk 49er football as usual. But before we get to into any of it, you know we gotta hit the music. Ladies and gentlemen, I like to know. Are you ready for start time? And once again, it is Peter Lucas. This is the Niner Fanatic Podcast. You could be anywhere, uh, but you're here with us. So, like, I appreciate you guys. Don Dotson in the chat, appreciate you coming through. Uh, make sure you give this video a like. Make sure that you give it a subscribe. Make sure that you hit the bell so you get the notifications for when I go live. And don't forget to tell a friend and tell a, so they can tell a friend and we can be friends every day, every week. It's 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 coming like we just trying to build this community up. But like I said earlier today, I've got Bay Area baller in the house. So excited to have him on talking uh, preseason football, preseason 49er football. What's going on, brother? And I appreciate having you on. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the socials and where they you can tell them all the things that you're doing? No doubt, Pete. I'm pumped up to be here. It's just an exciting time of the year football is around the corner we're about to get some preseason action Niners are going to whoop up on Jimmy G in practice this week so it's just a fun time and yeah Bay Area Baller 18 that's one word that's all my it's my YouTube same thing on Twitter or X whatever they're calling it now yeah so that's where you could catch me and I'm excited to talk some ball because man like I said it's a fun time of year Pete Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Don said yesterday was the last day, but I think they practiced a little bit today. Uh, like they had a few. I know that I saw some quarterback stats today, but uh, and then they start the practice with uh, the Raiders on Thursday. So I, I believe they have tom tomorrow off and we get a small break. But, you know, it's never a break in 49er Twitter and 49er fandom. Like we've always got something to talk about. And uh, but appreciate you coming through, Don. Appreciate everybody coming through. And oh, CG in the house. Appreciate you coming through, my brother. And but yeah, so we've got so today 49ers signed Jeremy Nichols, who used to be on the team before, and they released Ronald Awat, which is an interesting tidbit just because I had said earlier on an earlier show that. Ronald Awad really reminded me a lot of Jeff Wilson in a, in that he's a whole bunch of mid <laughs> like, uh, and I just didn't see anything dynamic about him. So it didn't really surprise me, but what did you feel anything about Jeremy McNichols uh, or is he just a camp body? Nah, he's a camp body Pete. Yeah. You know, I know he's kind of bounced around. He's a veteran, smaller guy, but he's five, nine bit of pass catcher, but I think he's just here to eat up some reps in mm -hmm. training camp because when you're talking you know 49ers running backs you got to start off with christian mccaffrey we know eli mitchell he's been banged up tdp sounds like he's been showing out by reports my boy price my last name's price pete so oh, i gravitate yeah, yeah, yeah. tdp ty davis price it's like my second cousin <laughs> is how i look at it and it sounds like he's been doing well i liked him coming out of lsu so mm -hmm. I'm glad to hear some positive reports on TDP, but 
As for the McNichol signing, I, I think it's the camp body, someone in the preseason you want to give some reps to, you know, in the second half of the game, in the fourth quarter, kind of with the backup. So that's how I'm looking at the McNichol signing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I'm a Masonite. Like I love, I love me some Jordan Mason. Uh, I just think he's a beast, and and on any other team, he'd probably be starting. Like he was uh, so but, freaking good last year, Pete. It, it was silly. Jordan Mason, like if you look at PFF's grades, I don't know what you think of PFF, but if you just yeah. look at their grades and the 49ers uh, roster grades from top to bottom, Jordan Mason's at the top. Like they loved what he put. I loved what he put on tape. Jordan Mason, he's just so decisive as a mm-hmm. runner like trey sermon he was tiptoeing in the backfield and that's yeah. why they tiptoed him out of here exactly. jordan mason gets the rock sees the hole boom and he hits that hole no wasted movement uh, and you know it's just something that i really liked from yeah. jordan mason and you know i was thinking could jordan mason potentially surpass eli mitchell as the number two back I'm not quite ready to go there yet. Now I'm wondering, is Ty Davis Price passing up Jordan Mason on the depth chart? Mm -hmm. So the running back room, I kind of like the four guys, you know, CMC, Eli, TDP, and Mason. I I think those four are making this team. And I said something on Twitter earlier today that, you know, I've – Somebody had said that they thought the uh, that the New Orleans Saints had the best wide res- or uh, running back room in the league. I maybe I'm a homer for saying this. I think the 49ers have the best four running backs in the league. And undoubtedly, if you just break it break it down, and people are going to say, "Oh, it's Shani's system." I don't. Th- I think that these guys could flourish. I don't really care what system you put them in. I just think that CMC is obviously. Uh, number one running back anywhere. And and then you've got, I think, Elijah Mitchell, if he could stay healthy, uh, then, then it would be, I think he would be a top running back as well. Uh, but I think Jordan Mason is a perfect complement to to CMC. And TDP, to his credit, they all I've heard is good things. This whole, this whole offseason about his work ethic, about him changing kind of his style because he started to look like a Trey Sermon as well, dancing in the hole and like all that kind of stuff. But now they're talking about he's just he's putting a foot in the ground and going up field like uh, so that's that I'm stoked to see it. I just want to see it in pre in preseason. I'm sure that these guys are going to get a bulk of the carries. We're probably not going to see a lot of CMC in the preseason. So, yeah, I'm stoked. I'm stoked for it. And, uh, and yeah, like, but I agree with you. I think TDP, they're going to, he's probably going to get first crack just, and not just because he was taken above. I think that they wanted, they showed last year, they really wanted him to take a, they, they gave him the carries behind CMC rather than Mason. Yeah. And there was a game where it's like all our backs were banged up. Right. Yeah. And, and TDP, he got his, he got some run and I thought, I don't remember him looking bad. I thought he did pretty good. Mm-hmm. It might have been like the Packers game. We had a bunch of backs banged up. For sure. But, hey, well, we're about to see a lot of these guys get a lot of carries here in the preseason. Absolutely. And so we talked about the depth chart just a little bit. And I want to say what's going on to my to my boy Bashar. Uh just hit just hit a thousand uh a thousand subs. Congratulations, my boy. Like uh man. Bashar's had a really good channel. If you love football, if you love uh, if you love Warriors basketball, if you love pizza, <laughs> Bashar's your guy. So. Shout out B. I love Bashar. Bashar's my guy. Yeah, for sure. And Steve-O, appreciate you coming through. Like uh, TDP and Kinlaw, Gear Mitchell traded. We get... I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mitchell gets traded, but I don't know what they could get for him. So yeah, well, but, when when it's hard to trade a guy when he's banged up, right? exactly like that's something where if he was healthy, you know, then potentially maybe a late round pick for Mitchell. But right now he's banged up. Well, I think believe it's a groin. Like you're yeah. not an you're abductor not muscle. Yeah, is that what is that what the groin is? An abductor muscle? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm obviously not not a doctor, but yeah. The uh, so we talked. Uh, we touched on the unofficial depth chart earlier. Was there any surprises on the unofficial depth chart? Does it even matter? Is my question. 
not that jumped out to me. Not that jumped out to me. Um, just being honest, you know, I'm, I was happy to see Trey Lance listed above Sam Darnold on the depth chart. That was something that I was monitoring, right? It's because we know when Brock Purdy is sitting out every third practice or whatever it is, mm. these guys have been splitting reps. So I was curious, you know, who's the team going to put at QB2? Is it going to be Darnold? Is it going to be Lance? We got that question answered. It's Trey Lance. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just fr- I think it's frustrating more for fans than than anything is that, you know, everybody wants Trey to get a shot. I think every I would say most people want Trey to get uh, to just get a chance to show what he can do. We've heard all the good things about about how much he's improved. I can't wait to see it because we're probably not going to see Purdy in the beginning of, in this uh, Raiders game. So it's a perfect opportunity for trade to show what he's been working on in the off season. All of the, all of the Christensen coaching and all of the, the base and feet uh, stuff that we've heard this whole time. And we've seen a little bit of it at the videos coming out of camp. Like it all comes down to this and what happens when the bullets start flying. And we just want, we just want to see what it looks like on the field. But how do you how do you feel about the whole? Because I think we we all know what Darnold is at this point. Uh, it's going to be a lot of Dinkin and Duncan because he does, he's afraid to throw the pick, like all that kind of stuff. We know that. Uh, but how do you feel about the the number the number two competition? It should be Trey Lance. I mean, like you said, Sam Darnold. He's gotten his opportunities. He's been severely turnover prone in his NFL tenure. And with Lance, uh, I, we got to see more Lance, right? We know about the equity that was given up to go get him. Now I want to see the kid on the field. And that's why, Pete, I've been saying, I think Lance should be playing like a half of each of these preseason games. Like I want Lance taking reps. Don't run him. He shouldn't mm. have, he should have zero QB designed runs. But the kid needs reps. So, you know, he's probably not going to play a half of football. That's it's a lot for a preseason game. But I, I want to see him out there at least getting, you know, three to four series in each of these preseason games because he needs reps. And I'm of the mindset, Pete, where if he does play good, talking Trey Lance, that's mm-hmm. going to boost his trade value. You know, some people will scoff at and say, oh, preseason doesn't matter. Nobody cares. I'm calling BS on that. In my opinion, I watched a guy like Matt Schaub back in the day. He had a couple of good preseason games with the Falcons. Next thing you know, they trade him to the Texans for a third-round pick. Yeah. And that's Matt freaking Schaub. So I'm looking at it. Hey, Lance, I feel like his stock is really low right now, Pete. Mm-hmm. His stock's low. And I think he's going to boost it here in this preseason. Now, is he going to boost it so high? The Niners might be like, hey, you know what? We're holding on to this guy. Like, he's looking good. We're not trading him. Or they could also look at and say, hey, you know what? Trey just really boosted his stock. He went from, you know, maybe his trade value is like a fifth or sixth round pick right now. Now we just shot it up to a two. Hey, let's go get that two because Kyle Shanahan's already saying Brock Purdy. What did he say? Brock Purdy's the guy or he's. Yeah, he said he's the real deal. The real deal. He's the real deal. Thanks, Pete. Brock Purdy's (laughs) the real deal. So now if you can get a two for Lance. Maybe that's something that might entice Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. I see. And the closer we get to the season, I'm looking at this whole quarterback situation. And I, and I want, I want to remind people of the Jimmy Garoppolo situation. I know, I know everybody hates the name Jimmy Garoppolo, right? But I want to remind people that there was a whole bunch of rumors out there of what was offered for Jimmy Garoppolo at the time. And the 49ers didn't take any of it. <laughs> they, they didn't take any of it. They wanted what they wanted, and they had a perceived value for the guy. I don't think they're just going to give up Lance for a song and a dance. I personally don't think to the 49ers that a second is enough. They've got a whole nother season. They've got a whole nother season of, of to keep Lance on before he can, before he can walk. So, 
in order to pry a Lance away from the 49ers, I think that it would cost it would it might it might cost a of like a, either a very high second or a or a low first just because mm. they're going to have to blow the Niners socks off like with the offer because there's no reason for them to trade him. Like uh, there's there's really well, none. Can, can I push back a little bit cuz the, yeah. the one thing that I would probably say is you know the salary the salary right now yeah. Lance Lance is the fifth highest paid player on the team this year. Mm-hmm. It's a, now some of that's due to some restructures and then moving some other guys' money around. But Lance is making nine mil. I mean that's yeah. expensive for a backup. So maybe you know what Pete, you might be right. Maybe it's not a pick that they would want. Maybe it's a player. Maybe there's a defensive end because we're talking about this depth chart, Pete. The one thing that that did I did notice. Man, behind Nick Bosa, the depth at defensive end is kind of bad. And yeah. I'm looking around the league, and I'm seeing, you know, we know Ngakwe just signed with the Bears. I know Davion Clowney's in Baltimore want to visit. Justin yeah. Houston just signed. Like, there's some names coming off the board. This is the time mm-hmm. where, you know, I know that the Niners got, last time I checked, it was around 9 or 10 mil of cap. Hey, now, they just they- signed Taco Charlton. Don't, don't. Don't uh, uh, like uh, that's a that's a very big name. Hey, I'm not sleeping on Taco. Matter of fact, l- late last night I was trying to just dig up some film on Taco, which there's not a ton of. But if you go to my Twitter, I posted <laughs> three clips of some of his pass rushes. He had a nice, I call it a jump swipe, where it's like he's jumping and he's swiping the tackles hands. He had a nice pass rush for a sack. He had a strip sack. So if you want to see some taco highlights, I did just put them up on Twitter so you can check those out. But I got to be honest, taco, he's not quite doing it for me. Although, who knows? You know, Austin Bryant finally showed up to training camp, and he was a guy who I thought maybe could contribute in pass rushing situations. But sounds like he's behind the eight ball. So, yeah, they brought in taco. Maybe that is the move. And the other thing is, Pete, are they going to save some of this cap space for a midseason move, right? We know the team's brought in Emmanuel Sanders in the middle, Christian McCaffrey, you know, Jordan Willis, Omenahu. Like, they make these midseason trades, which I love. Mm-hmm. And you need some cap space to do it. So maybe they're not going to sign a DN now. Maybe it's a midseason move. But looking at that depth chart, I couldn't help but notice that the defensive end position after Bosa. I mean, I got it right here. You know, Cleveland Farrell's penciled in on the depth chart as the starter opposite Bosa. Like, that doesn't think, make me feel. Or is, I think they had me, Drake Jackson there. Excuse and me, then Drake had, Jackson. What am I looking at here? Um, uh, then they had uh, they had Alex Barrett behind him. Uh, but they had – Well, you know what? They don't, Cleveland Farrell they have as the starter because – because Bosa's, Bosa's not signed. Bosa's not signed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's why. That clears it up. I thought I saw Farrell starting, and I'm like, man, that doesn't yeah. feel great. But yeah, don't get Drake, nervous. <laughs> even Drake as the starter, I mean, this is a guy, Pete, he didn't suit up the last six games they played, you that's know? True. And it's like they're expecting him to take this massive leap. Don't get me wrong. I liked Drake Jackson. I like Drake Jackson coming out of USC. You know, he's mm-hmm. got he's got that great bend that you like to see from defensive ends. And he's got some good hands, but I don't know. Does he have Does he have the pop? Does he have the strength to hold up? You know, I know he's gotten stronger this offseason. That was something that – Drake Jackson was the guy who I was hoping, you know, would really kind of transform his body in the offseason. I don't know if it's completely transformed, but it sounds like there's definitely some improvements. You've, I've heard some of, the, some of the guys watching training camp saying, yeah, Drake, he's beefed up. He looks stronger, so – you know, it's something that I'm monitoring in the preseason, but man, the depth behind Bosa, like, yeah, we got this dominant line, Bosa, Armstead, Hargrave. But it's like, if you added that other edge rusher, because I want that speed rusher, Pete, right? Yeah. You know, kind of like the D4, like who's going to be that speed rusher that's going to make quarterbacks step up into Hargrave, step mm-hmm. up into Armstead? Because I'm not sure – we got that speed rusher on the roster and this late, it's probably not going to happen, but you know, there's still some guys like a Melvin Ingram's out there. It's a name I would monitor, 
you know, yeah. Melvin Ingram, he just flat out knows how to get after the quarterback. And I think kind of on a, on a rotational basis, you can limit his snaps. I think he could be really productive. Mm. Yeah. The, so traditionally they don't really like those, the smaller quick defensive ends like that I've noticed. And I feel like Melvin Ingram falls in that, that category. There's a couple of like uh, when everybody was wanting Hassan Reddick last year, I was like, well, that didn't really fit fit with the 49ers. Hassan the, Reddick's pretty it good, would, Pete. It would be nice. I, I, I'm not saying that, that I wouldn't take him. I'm just saying he doesn't really fit what the Niners do. And, and I'm, like, I'm talking just like pass wrestling situations. Yeah, maybe I feel this you. is where I'm thinking maybe maybe Kosarek's like, no, you know what? I want guys, you know, three downs, guys who aren't yeah. just specialists. But in my opinion, having a speed rusher, you know, kind of for pure pass rushing situations – I want that guy. Yeah. And I don't quite see obviously Nick Bosa, but I don't quite see that see that speed rusher, you know, coming in on third down that I know is gonna apply. I don't see that on the roster right now. Yeah, I feel you. And I want to say what's going on to Jay. Jay in the Bay, appreciate you coming through, fam. Always a pleasure. And uh, but yeah, it I I feel you. I feel like that's why they they drafted Robert Beal. I feel like that's why they they went out and got Austin uh, Austin Bryant. Like uh, just to kind of dabble their feet in the waters and see what it would look like, uh, and see if that they could make that a fit go like uh, going forward. But I think it's still going to be a work in progress. Like, uh, and I don't, I don't know that that's entirely the way that they want to go. I think that they, uh, the way that I'm looking at it is, I think they're going to give Drake Jackson as much, uh, as much opportunity as he can ha- as he can handle. To be that, to be that guy on the edge, and from what I've heard, he's done really well. He's bulked up, like you said, and is but he's kept all of his athleticism for all the, from all the reports. He's still, you know, working on the pass rush moves. But they said he looks really good against the run and setting the edge. So I'm really interested to see how that looks when we get into the preseason game. But uh, but I think that there's so many bodies on this D line that that it's going to be it's they're just going to keep each other fresh like it's always you know what today what it is with the 49ers D line they just keep they overwhelm you with how many bodies they bring out there and they're all talented they're all former first round picks and so they've got tons of athletic ability uh but they don't have the pressure of being the guy cuz they're just one of legion <laughs> they just come one after the other so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens i mean Taco Charlton they got him as the last defense defensive end in that unofficial jet chart uh but but yeah like they got some other guys on there that is that i hadn't even heard of uh like uh who is who is the guy that, dalen hayes have you have you heard yeah. of dalen hayes? no i, I haven't I even heard that name there. yeah i can't help you <laughs> like uh and i was interested to see where they and marlon davidson i'd never heard of that guy that i was interested to see if uh the spencer Wagey got any got any run because they were saying a lot of good things about him in camp also, but I like me some Spencer wagey. In mm-hmm. fact, you know, I, I tried to watch some tape on him. No, I tried to, I did. And I put out a video. You can watch it on my channel. If you want to see some Spencer wagey, but he absolutely dominated the right tackle, whatever small school tackle he was going against. He had just pressures and sacks left and right. So wagey, he's got some tools, you know, I think he's kind of a versatile guy. He could play defensive end. You know, you can potentially shift him inside on passing downs. So, yeah. But, yeah, Wagey's a guy I'll be monitoring in the preseason. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the So, 49ers practice with the Raiders starting Thursday. Uh, what? Which players are you the most excited to see, you know, going against the actual, like – other teams competition there won't be really any holding back as far as that goes so like who who are the guys that you uh, that you really want to see go up against the raiders well first i got to be honest first and foremost i'm looking at brock purdy okay cuz mm-hmm. i feel like kind of the reports coming out lately it hasn't been all that impressive mm-hmm. right it sounds like he's been kind of checking down or you know the completion percentage hasn't been great but here's the thing with that and this goes for all the quarterbacks on the niners the 49ers defense is one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL. So that makes it a little harder to look good in practice. 
plus the fact that our defenders, I think they know what the offense is trying to do. They know the route concept. So I feel like the defense kind of has a bit of an edge on the offense here in training camp. But now playing a different defense, I want to hear some glowing reports from Brock Purdy. Okay, especially if he's not playing in this preseason game, which it sounds like he will not be playing. So the practices matter. And I want to hear some good reports about Brock. That's probably the first thing that I'm I'm going to be keeping my eye, eye on. And the other thing, you know, I'm looking in the secondary, okay? Because Jimmy mm. G, we know this guy loves to give the ball <laughs> up, okay? He likes to turn it over. To the so linebackers, I want to though. hear – that's true. Fred, yeah, absolutely. Fred and Dre, McCrary Ball, yeah, you know, Flanagan Fowles. I, I, I want to see the defense having success because if I hear that Jimmy Garoppolo's carving up this defense in practice, then – I'm going to be befuddled. I don't expect it, but defense, Brock Purdy, those are a couple things I'll be monitoring the news coming out of these joint practices. Yeah, that that's I, – I really want to see what Brock Purdy looks like because I think that, you know, you're looking at the – they're really Jimmy's true replacement. Like, uh, it's not – it's uh, we all want. I think we all wanted the best for for the 49ers and we want to see what Trey is capable of. But I mean, I think that the coaching staff has kind of told you over and over again what what they want. And that until proven wrong, like uh, Purdy is going to be the guy. But I I really think that it can, the, a lot of these practices, I think that we get caught up in the numbers and the completion percentages and all this camp stats and all that kind of stuff. When I don't necessarily think that that stuff means really anything. <laughs> like it's it's really what the coaches wanted to see at that moment. Like uh, they might have told him, "We want you to try and throw fit this ball in here on this play. We yeah. we we don't care if it gets picked. <laughs> we don't care if it gets tipped. We want to see you make the throw." And hey Brock, today we yeah. want to throw the ball down this. Let's take some shots down the sideline. We want to see, you know, Debo track the ball deep. Yeah, you're right. They probably have each practice, they have their coaching emphases on what they want, you know, the quarterback or the wide receiver, things that they want to work on. Yeah. So it's it, it's just I look at these these quarterback stats and all that stuff. I do you never really know what, especially when Shanahan is concerned, you don't really know anything. Like uh, our whole, we're just waiting to hear who's going to be the starter on week one. And, and then when they go out there, it's probably going to look good because Shanahan's going to scheme a bunch of guy, guys wide open. And the one thing that Purdy does do well is he hits the wide open guy. Right. And traditionally, like uh, we're, we're waiting to see what it is after coming off of injury, but that's what we're hoping for. I don't think that he's going to play a lot of preseason football. And uh, so I think that this is an opportunity for like we talked about earlier for Lance and Darnold to really kind of show what they've learned in the offseason and show other teams what they're capable of uh, and just to get better, <laughs> just to get better. Like you said, Lance needed reps. He needs reps. Mm -hmm. And and for Darnold, he just needs to show people he's a competent quarterback and that he can he can run us. He can play winning football because we haven't seen that out of him. Like, uh, so, so yeah, it's going to be, uh, but that's definitely what I want to see too. I want to see Brock Purdy. The other part is I want to see, I want, cause we haven't really heard a ton about him. I want to see what Jair Brown looks like. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, and I want to see how he fits in this, in his defense. I want to see him uh, because his speed from all intents and purposes, we've heard a lot about how he doesn't really have the, the game breaker speed. It's almost kind of a similar player as a Fonga is that he goes a lot off of instinct and can he make those, can he get those angles and not get, not get his angles overrun? Like uh, uh, we heard about Debo kind of running in practice the other day. And so that's really what I'm kind of interested in. Those two players are my number, are my one and number two. Absolutely. Jair Brown, that's a really good one because I thought maybe he could push Tayshawn Gibson and maybe challenge him 
for the starting position. I'm not getting that vibe. I mean, I mm. feel like it feels like every other practice they're saying Tayshawn Gibson's picked off a ball. I don't know if yeah. that's just me or not, yeah. but it's no, like, it's okay. it's not just you. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. So you know what? I don't think Jair Brown has quite surpassed Tayshawn. That being said, they might find a way to get all three safeties on the field at the same time, Pete. I'm thinking maybe some three safety looks kind of similar to what the Niners did last year with Jimmy Ward in the slot. Yep. Maybe they mix Jair Brown in the slot to get these three safeties out there. Even when Huff was a rookie, they were Mm -hmm. kind of finding ways to get him some snaps in these three safety looks. So it'll it'll be something I'm on in the preseason. Hey, is Jair – is he in the three safety looks? Is he playing mm-hmm. center field? Do they like him in the box? Because I agree with you that I see similarities as well when we're talking Jair Brown and Talanoa Hufunga. Like, I don't know which one is a free safety. I don't know which one is the strong safety. Because to me, it feels like both those guys are interchangeable. And I think that's how they like to run it. Because they when, they, when a, a, an offensive team motions – a lot of times you'll see our safeties just rotate. The guy who was in the box will go into center field, and the guy in center field will come down into the box. So mm-hmm. I think the Niners stylistically like those interchangeable safeties. And I love what you just said because I've been saying that for weeks now. Like is that I think that that was the vision is that is that they want these safeties to be kind of interchangeable and that – on any given play, one can drop down as a rush, free rusher. And like with the instincts they both have, you don't know what's coming. <laughs> and you know, you don't know which one is going to drop back into coverage. So it's it gives, and with Steve Wilkes being a, a DB guru, that this is it gives him another toy to play with. And uh, it's and not that the 49ers are at any loss with with toys to play with. They just I feel like this defense is just so stacked uh, and it's it's going to be if uh, any defensive coordinator like uh, it's almost like they're they're dummy proof. If you can't make this if you can't make this group of guys, if you can't make it work with this group of guys, then I don't know if you're cut out to be a D coordinator. And I think that Steve Wilkes is a really good – he's proven over the years that he's really good. He hasn't run this style of offense. I think we're going to have more blitzes this season. Uh, I think he's going to put his own little tweaks to it. He's probably going to piss off Shanny a few times. <laughs> like, uh, But I think it's going to – it might be good to have a little bit more aggressiveness on third downs especially. So, Yeah, because the Niners, they played a lot, especially under D'Amico. It was a lot of bend, don't break. Uh-huh. Right. And they made it work. Obviously, Niners defense is one of the best, if not the best in the NFL last year. Yeah. But it was definitely like a bend. Don't break kind of defense. You know, as soon as the team gets into the red zone inside the 20, that's where the Niners were going to get put the clamps on you. Yep. And force you to three. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, I, I'm thoroughly expecting them to be a, a little bit more aggressive because just like you said bend but don't break but sometimes on those third and longs they would give up a third and long uh just because they're playing that kind of bend but don't break they're not they're only rushing four and it was just sometimes like that pass rush just didn't get there because it was only Nick Bosa that was that was doing anything as far as like getting sacks and yeah. And yeah, so like I think that that might change things up a little bit. Just getting a Who little bit more pressure. Pete? Are you blitzing the linebacker? Are you going I think like nickel Isaiah, blitz? I think Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Ford, right? Isaiah Oliver. Isaiah Oliver. I keep calling him Isaiah Ford, and <laughs> I don't know why. But the Isaiah Oliver, I think, is going to get quite a few opportunities as a big nickel to be to blitz, as yeah. well as Hafanga. I think he's going to use Hafanga like a missile. Yes. I love that. Uh, and, yeah. Because Hufanga's timing. Can we just talk about Hufanga's yes. timing for a second? Yeah. It's the crazy. way he times up snaps, Pete, is just insane. I mean, it's, I know Paulo Mal is his coach, but that's like the one thing where it's like there's a direct correlation with how Paulo Mal used to time it up and live in the backfield. It looks like, very you, similar. You see that <laughs> with Talanoa Hufanga. Like, yeah. he's like, he's ready, he's ready. And then, he, it feels like he just knows when the quarterback's about to snap the ball, and then boom, Hufunga's shooting into the backfield. So 
I like that. I was thinking like nickel linebackers. Like I could see Greenlaw blitzing. Like I don't know how much I want Fred blitzing. Yeah, I mean he can blitz, but Fred. I don't is think just... he's the best blitzer. <laughs> I don't. And, think and he's is. the best coverage linebacker in the yeah. NFL. So it's like I might want him kind of holding down the fort in the middle. I like Greenlaw blitzing, but you're right, man. Let's blitz Huff a little more because he's got that instinct. That timing is just impeccable. Uh, yeah, no, I I completely agree. I think Hafanga is ideal. It's a blitzer, and that's why I think that it's it's gonna be it's gonna to have a guy that's kind of similar in mentality in in Jair Brown. It's gonna I think that it's gonna be it's gonna make teams pick their point. They don't know which side it's coming from, <laughs> and they're gonna move those guys around. It gives them an opportunity to move those guys around and not know which side Hafanga's on, like all that kind of stuff. It kind of opens my mind, uh, but which my next question is what, which one do you think is more important with this joint practice coming up? Do you think it's more important for them to, for the practice reps against that team or the game? Because Shan and I, and I say that I asked this question because Shanahan has said multiple times that he values the practice time more than more than the actual game. Like, uh, so which one do you think is more important for these guys to show out? You know, that's a really good question. And I'm going to kind of give you a cop-out answer. I would say for the starters, it's practice. Okay. You know, because they're not going to play a ton in the first preseason game, but they're going to be out there in practice going against the Raiders mano a mano. But when it comes to kind of the guys further down on the depth chart, who maybe they get their let their reps kind of limited in practice, but they're going to be out there during this preseason game. You're talking second string, third string. And that's where a lot of these guys, you can make a roster. Like I remember Aziz Al-Shair, you know, I didn't know much about him. Watch the preseason game. I'm like, who's 51 flying all over the field? Yeah. You know, he was, I was like, this guy looks like a stud. And it turned out, Hey, he made that roster. Whereas, you know, going into the preseason game, I wasn't sure Aziz was going to make the squad. Uh, so I would say for the backups, I would talk about the game. And then for the starters, since I think their reps are going to be limited in the game, it's it's practice. For sure. That's a good call. I want to get to uh, – I guess you got a super chat from uh, Jack – Jaguayo. 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 Hey. <laughs> Don't want to butcher his name. <laughs> but. Hey, good looking out. I appreciate that. He says, are you more confident in the O-line this year? I am, Jaguayo, because when you're talking, you know, Trent Williams, we know what he is. Aaron Banks, uh, left guard, proved to be pretty freaking good. Like, I think he's reliable. I think he's a good left guard. But last year, you know, center and right guard, I had some questions. And now you're getting, you know, Brendel has another year of experience, you know, finally his full uh, full-time season as a starter has been completed. And then Burford coming into year two, that's the guy, Pete, I really want to take a leap because yeah. I got to be honest, like Burford, I thought he was, I last yeah. year, I thought he was like, mm, well, like, okay. there's a like, reason. I, there's a reason why he was splitting reps with, uh, with, yeah. uh, Brunskill. With Brunskill. Yeah, yeah, I know, which is not normal. Most teams do yeah. not platoon at all <laughs> the offensive line. But it was like, I was okay with it. But Burford, I want him to take a leap because if he can go from being like okay to like almost like an Aaron Banks type leap where it's like, hey, we feel really good about our right guard of the future, I think that would be big time. And then right tackle – Right tackle, big Colton McKivitz. Um, you know, it's something I got to see it. I got to see it, Pete. Like we've <laughs> yeah, seen him we fill all. in. He filled in, uh, you know, admirably at left tackle in that, you know, in that late regular season game a couple years ago when Trent was out. Filled in ab admirably, but now he's an everyday starter. And it's like as an offensive lineman, all it takes is man, one or two bad plays in a game where – Nobody you know, knows he, that better than uh, than the Forty Niners and uh, yeah. and Glitchy. Yeah, so. Big Mike, man, you 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 have one bad play, you get flipped 
to the ground and get not bull rushed and pancaked. You're going to see that on repeat all week on Twitter and fans are going to get in your, your mentions for sure. Colton, I'm definitely, he's he's a guy I'm going to be keeping an eye on because I could see, we were talking about potential mid season acquisitions. You know, maybe if Colton's not getting, getting it done, maybe mid season, they start looking around, you know, at trying to upgrade that right tackle. I, I think, I think that the, that we think of, of those things, I think Kyle is going to let it ride out. Like, uh, I, I mean, it would have to be an obvious upgrade. Like, uh, if that, and like, that's one of those, those situations, like you were talking about earlier, let's say that they like Purdy is just balling out of control. He's obviously the number one. Somebody offers them a obvious upgrade at right tackle, uh, for Trey Lance and, and, uh, and a pick or something. I could see it. <laughs> I could see it. Or Darnold, for that matter. You don't know. Or Darnold. You know? Yeah. Hey, but, injuries happen. Exactly. So, but appreciate you, uh, Jaguar. And, but, uh, oh, my boy, uh, Brian's in the house. Like, uh, what's going on, Brian? Appreciate you coming through. Like, apparently, we're the only, I'm from LA. So it's, uh, uh, I live in Houston now, but but uh, yeah, I'm from LA, so like uh, I guess that they're the 49ers, the only local game on at that time too. But big up to big up to Brian, and but so we talked about practice today. Receivers like dropped a whole. We heard we heard they dropped a whole bunch of balls today. Pause, and. The 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 que- my question is and lot Latu has been dropping balls like crazy. Pause. But it's wait, how do like uh it which one do you think are you taking at this point? Who do you think has the lead between the two uh freshman tight ends? Is it yeah. Latu or it's Braden Willis? Hey. I am the official bus driver on the Braden Willis. And, and I said that on purpose. I asked that question on purpose because I know how you feel about Braden Willis. <laughs> I I absolutely love Braden Willis. You know, after we drafted him and I went back and watched the tape at Oklahoma, it's like the, the guy doesn't take a playoff. Yeah. Every single play, he gives you everything he's got. And he's he's not the biggest guy, but – he just plays with such physicality. Like I was, I was watching a lot of tight end. Like tight end was a position that I, I scouted in terms of the draft prospects that were coming into mm-hmm. the draft. And not all tight ends like to block. Like mm-hmm. it's apparent. Some tight ends just kind of get in the way. That's not Braden Willis. This dude brings it. Like uh, he was going full speed, coming across like on a wham block and just shoulder right into the defensive end's chest and just knocks him back. And you're like, whoa, like this dude just loves being physical. Then you see what Braden Willis can do after the catch. He's really freaking tough to catch, uh, to tackle after the catch. He's, he's, you know, I wouldn't put him in that Kittle territory, but yeah. he's hard to bring down. Like if you're tackling Braden Willis, you better bring your hard hat. You know, Shane That's how I that. put it. But Cam Latu, he had, you know, PFF, the, the draft profile will tell you, he had a bit of the drops he's at Alabama. Mm. Like He's got a thing with drops. He had two more drops today. So, you know, I was telling people that, hey, I, I like Braden Willis more than Cam Latu after the draft. One guy was drafted in the third round. One guy's drafted in the sixth round, if I'm remembering correctly. But Braden Willis, and again, Cam Latu, He's a guy who started his tenure at Alabama as a defensive end. Uh Like he's not all that experienced at the tight end position. That being said, he has some tools. Like I I did see him watching his Alabama tape. He has some really nice blocks. I can remember one where he started out on a tackle, shifted him inside, got up to the second levels and sealed off a linebacker. Like Latu's got some tools. You know, route running is surprisingly good for a big guy. Like, he's mm-hmm. got some pretty good feet when we're talking Cam. But I just think Braden Willis, um, I just think he's better, at least at this point right now. I'm big on Braden Willis. One of my scorching hot takes I put out in a video about a month ago was Braden Willis will be tight end two by the end of the year. I know mm-hmm. sometimes Kyle gets a little apprehensive to play his rookies. 
Yeah. But I think by the end of the year, we're going to see Braden Willis really take hold of that tight end two position. And do you think this could be a Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell situation where they drafted Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round? And this was, and they drafted Trey Sermon in the, in the second, second round. Right. And like, uh, and Elijah Mitchell ended up being the starter. Uh, yeah, like, uh, I could see that. I could see that happen. Because I could totally yeah. see it. I could yeah. totally see it. And it's uh, and because you know Kyle doesn't care about none of that draft stuff. If you get in here once you get in here, it's just about who's the better player. And uh, yeah, so I could totally see it happening. Um, I do think that there's some talent there with Cam Lot too. I think that the it's just going to take him some some more time than it looks like Braden Willis is going to need, and uh, to truly make an impact. So it might be one of those stash him for a year situations and let him transform, transform his body and like do, do the Aaron, the, the Aaron Banks uh, regimen in the off season. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I, I, but I didn't like the, I didn't like the Cam Lotu pick at the time. I just thought, I mean, we, we were all hoping for a tackle at the time and they said there wasn't a fit, which was just weird. I'm sorry. No, that, yeah, there were some guys out there, you know, yeah. like you know Blake Freeland. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, was he was out there. Jalen yeah, Duncan yeah. was out there. Yeah, uh, there was a couple of guys out there, and it's just, uh, but I'm not going to go back to the draft. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. We can't. We can't because, rewrite history. We got yeah, exactly. Got. And yeah, can't. We're just hoping. You know, we don't want him to be like a Trey Sermon, where he's not on the team in a couple years. And I don't think that'll be the case. You know, I'm expecting. The Niners, to, I believe they usually keep four tight ends. Mm-hmm. And we know George Kittle's locked in. Braden Willis, I mean, I really feel like he's going to make this team. Uh, Cam, Is I think Dwelly Cam's going to make it. That's the thing. Charlie Warner, Ross Dwelly, I think only one of those dudes are coming back. And to be honest, I might be leaning Warner because they might just want that blocker at that position. You know, when we're talking pass catching, like I feel like Willis can – I know Ross Dwelly's got phenomenal hands, but I think Braden Willis can kind of give you some of that pass catching ability that mm-hmm. Ross brings. And then, you know, while I do like Willis as a blocker, Charlie Warner's, you know, bigger, and he's also – he's a pretty good blocker too at the tight end position. Yeah, that's that's how I see it too. I just think – uh, Ross Dwelly's days are numbered, and it's partly selfish because <laughs> I just don't like Ross Dwelly. Like, uh, I think he's he's uh, like you said, he's not a bad uh, pass catching tight end, but he can't block for to save his life. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I think that just like you said, Braden Willis is going to give him the pass catching ability. You don't, and you got Charlie Warner for the blocking, and Braden Willis, if he can stay showing out in camp, like uh, with his blocking ability, that. They may not even need Warner. Warner might just be an injury contingency, like uh, so. And then you've got Cam Latu rounding up the uh, rounding up the last four, the, the fourth spot. So I, I agree, I agree, and I just uh, I, I'm just excited that they have enough talent on the squad to make Dwelly a uh, a possible casualty. Finally, like I felt like he's been he's been tied in too for how long now? Uh, and he probably shouldn't have been. He probably should have been gone like a couple of years ago. Yeah, the, uh, the tight ends not named George Kittle. I forget what the number was, but they caught like nine balls or something like that yeah. last year. Like, And I was glad the Niners took two tight ends because that was a position, t- talking tight end two, that I wanted to upgrade because it felt like we've been kind of lackluster at that position. Like They tried the Jordan Reed thing. Which, mm-hmm. I, which I did like at the time. I thought that was really intriguing. And then they kind of just said, ah, you know what? It was just George Kittle. But yeah. now I feel like they're getting back to it. And I, I want to have a tight end, too, that's a, a legitimate threat. Yeah. I don't think they like Jordan Reed himself. I think that's what it was. I don't think he was a good fit in their locker room. Because uh, nobody cared that he was gone. <laughs> nobody yeah. said anything about Jordan Reed after he left. And uh, so, yeah, I just didn't think he was a good fit. But, uh, oh, we, you got another uh, super chat. So, Jaguayo dropping dropping bucks again. Uh, 
any chance TDP or Mason take RB2? And we talked a little bit about that earlier, but tell, tell your guy like uh, how you're feeling about that so that uh, so he can get some reassurance. Yeah, yeah. Jaguayo, hey, I appreciate it. And I absolutely think there's a legitimate chance Mason or TDP take over that RV2 role. I mean, Jordan Mason was spectacular this year. He was just so decisive as a runner, doesn't waste any time, gets the rock, hits the hole. And I thought his vision was phenomenal. If I had to say, I would probably say I think Mason has a better chance of surpassing Eli Mitchell. Although TDP, we hear about all these positive reports. I can't wait to watch him in the preseason and see if he's kind of gotten a little more decisive because you're right. I think that was kind of the one thing last year. Maybe he wasn't hitting the hole quite as fast as the coaching staff wanted. But I think that's coachable. You know, mm-hmm. you got Bobby T, Absolutely. Bobby Turner coaching him up. I think that's something they can get TDP to fix. And, you know, I'm, poor Eli Mitchell, he just has he has trouble staying healthy. Yeah, you know? dog. And, it, it's uh, just weird. Yeah. So uh, Jordan Mason, Jaguayo, that's my guy who I think has a legitimate chance at becoming RB2. Yeah, I appreciate you coming through, Jaguayo. And... So, like we talked, like what other what other fringe wide receiver? What because the 49ers got a bunch of wide receivers, yeah. <laughs> and they're yeah. only. Do you? Th- let's start off the question first because uh, we only got a little bit more time. But the first, my first question is, what um, which wide receivers do you think is are going to be? Like on that, like on that fringe that just are absolutely are not going to make it. Absolutely are not going to make it. Are Let me not going to make it. Chart. You know, to be honest, I think they're rocking with the same five mm-hmm. as last year, Pete. I'm, I'm I feel too. pretty confident in that. You know, I'm looking at. I'm I'm not Daz Newsome, not a fan. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Winstead, like. You know, the yeah, the practice video that came out looked pretty cool or the, you know, the pre-draft or post-draft video. Ronnie Bell, I want him on my practice squad. Yeah. I think that's a guy who you try to sneak on to the practice squad because I do like some of his route running. You know, his, his dad's a wide receiver coach like Ronnie Bell. He's got some stuff that I'm interested in. And, you know, Willie Sneed, like Willie Sneed, I think he's kind of another – that's a guy you could get on the a, practice squad. I think he's a practice squad <laughs> body. Like, but if someone did go down and you need a wide receiver in a pinch, like uh, Willie Sneed might be ready before Ronnie Bell at this moment, like early in the year. So Willie Sneed, I think he's a practice squad guy. Who Chris Conley? We still got Chris Conley. Yes. Where's he at on this depth chart? Like, I am not a Chris Conley guy. Yeah. I know he's tall and he's fast, but I just don't think he's very good. Like. He's just not very good. So I'm cool off Chris Conley. I think the Niners are keeping the same five guys. That is Debo, Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, Danny Gray. Pete, I'm a big Danny Gray guy. I love Mm -hmm. me some Danny Gray. I know he only caught one ball last year. I like to remind people that I thought Danny Gray was good as a gunner down the stretch on special teams. Like, when Mitch was punting that ball, I saw Danny Gray at the end of last year really flying down the field, kind of forcing some fair catches. So he's going to contribute in that capacity on special teams. But Danny he's played, Gray, he's I, played well in the to, from all accounts in training camp. Yeah, he's he's having a way better training camp. He looks a lot better than last year. Mm-hmm. The hands look better. They said he's you know, blocking the route too. running. I mean, you got to. That's something that Kyle Shanahan requires Uh from the wide receiver position. And you see these guys, they take pride in it, right? Uh Remember Brandon Ayuk blocking 40 yards downfield for, for Debo to spring a long touchdown. Like it's a requirement blocking, you know, it's not optional at the wide, wide receiver position. This is Niners play smash mouth, physical football. And I'll flip that wide receivers block Pete. I love to talk about how our DBs tackle because <laughs> some corners, 
they'll yeah. they'll just stay blocked. Like they don't want to tackle. Like they're they're just not interested in tackling. I've seen a keep to leave like literally like someone's running at him and a keep to leave will just turn the other way. But our guys talking Charvarius Ward, Diamador Lenore, yeah. even Isaiah Oliver, all these guys will mix it up in the run yeah, game run, and they're, run they're not afraid to be physical. Yeah, run fits are everything, I think, for this uh, for this group. And I think that that is the one common thing that you can look across this DB room and see that is that you got a bunch of dogs. like, And they're just going to be physical. They're, they may not be the fastest group, but they're all going to be physical. And they're going to hit you in the mouth and, and knock you off your route. And, and that's... And then the pass rush is going to get to the point to where they don't have to have the the tremendous long speed. Uh, it's it's they just have to cover for that three seconds, <laughs> and yep. uh, and then it'll be and it'll be good. But I agree with what you said. Uh, like uh, for the I think that they may carry six wide receivers this year, mm. and I do think that. Uh, but if they Who's carry number six, six, if they carry six. So they've got Danny Gray. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think number six is going to be Ronnie Bell. And because of what he gives you in special, he's going to play special teams. And uh, like, uh, cause he can, he can return kicks. He can return. He can, he can yeah. return kicks. And I think that he's a guy that is that if anybody goes down, like, I think he can fill that, fill that spot admirably. Uh, he, he doesn't run bad routes. Uh, he's, he's physical in his own right. And he's not, the, he's not going to be a barn burner, but I feel like he is, uh, people are talking about Jawan Jennings, Jawan Jennings. This is his last season. And I, I really think that they got Ronnie bell is going to be his replacement for, cause I don't think they're going to resign it. No, I, I agree with you. You know, he might get priced out similarly to Kendrick Bourne. You know, yeah. kind of had a good year, and then some teams just going to pay him just a little bit more than what the Niners are willing to offer. And going, just going back to the depth chart, talking about the return game, Danny Gray, I felt like I had heard reports that he was working as like a punt returner. He was working on his return skills. Mm-hmm. But you look at that depth chart, and it's yeah. Ronnie Bell listed as the – or it's oh, Willie Sneed. Willie, yeah, they got the punt return on there at the bottom. Oh, Ray, yeah. Ray, obviously, he's at the top. Willie Sneed is number two. But remember, this is, <laughs> this is the unofficial. This is the unofficial. This is the unofficial. But, you know, I would have been encouraged if Danny Gray was listed on there somewhere. Yeah. But I don't think that – I don't I don't think he's just – maybe he doesn't have the the security on, uh, on the, in the punt return game. Look at those – because, yeah, Willie Sneed, I don't think that he's going to end up being even in consideration for kick return dirty duties. But I, I but what I'm looking at is you got Ronnie Bell and Deshaun Jameson at the end. Yeah. That is the camp battle right there. Ooh. Ronnie Bell and Deshaun Jameson because they've got – they're going to have four four corners – and like uh, they're gonna have like, are you gonna carry a fifth corner or no? They're gonna have like six corners. Like, yeah. uh, and do, do you keep Deshaun Jameson on because of his return ability, and you can use him in other ways because, by all accounts, he's done tremendous in camp. And, That's where like a Deshaun Jameson could jump a guy like Ambry Thomas, in my yeah. opinion. Where Ambry, maybe he doesn't make the roster because like, what is he giving you? outside of being the fifth corner on the depth chart. Like maybe yeah. you're right. You know, maybe they, they like Jamison's return ability. You got to have someone behind Ray Ray who can return the rock that you feel confident in. Right. Hashtag no Kyle Williams. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think that that might be, that might be the camp battle right there is mm. Ronnie Bell and Deshaun Jamison is which one can make enough wild plays to to decide to keep them on the, on the roster and, and, uh, and take the other one off. Like, uh, because Ronnie Bell, I think is a really good player. I think Deshaun Jameson is equally one of those scrappy. Uh, they're both those, one of those scrappy players. That's just going to be going to give you the all out effort. So that's going to be, I think that's going to be the, probably the battle to really watch. I and, like and, that. <laughs> I was nowhere on that different sides of the ball. Yeah. But you're right. Like that could be the difference. Are they going to keep a fifth? Uh, excuse me, a sixth wide receiver, or a you know, with some DB. returnability, or is it a six DB that can give you that returnability? Yeah, 
That's crazy. <laughs> but oh, uh, your guy Jaguar. I mean, he didn't donate, but we gonna put him on anyway. <laughs> like uh, his opinion. He wants your opinion on D winners making the squad. Hey, he wants our opinion, Pete. What do you Absolutely. Think? I think he's. I think he's gonna make it. I think he's gonna make it. I think that he's uh he is Greenlaw's eventual replacement, <laughs> and uh, that's the way I look at it. And uh, Jalen Graham, by all accounts, has done really well. They both have been doing really well in camp. I think yeah. that they would be able to figure out a way to sneak Jalen Graham onto the practice squad more than they could a D winners who has the speed and is the prototypical like of what they what teams want now in a linebacker. Yeah. So. That, I'll that's tell you how what. I feel. I'll tell you what, Pete. Teams around the league are going to be monitoring very closely <laughs> what yeah. the 49ers are doing at the linebacker position. Mm-hmm. Because whoever we cut, whoever doesn't make this squad, whether it's Flanagan Fowles or Winners or Jalen Graham, these guys are going to be getting scooped up. That's how I look at it. I mean, the four, We got the best linebacking core in the NFL in my opinion. So absolutely teams around the league are going to be monitoring. And that's a position where you might be able to trade one of these guys for, for a late draft pick, you know, a team might not, they might not want to wait to see who we cut. They might just say, Hey, you know what? Jalen Graham, he's looking phenomenal. Like they're, they're fall teams are following all the, all the reports around the training camp practices. And Jalen Graham's looked good. A couple good preseason games. Teams mm-hmm. are going to be calling. Like the the Niners traded the linebacker to the Broncos. Griffith, Griffith, Jonas, Griffith, Jonas who I Griffith, believe yeah. he just got he just got yeah, hurt. He might be yeah, out for the year. But yeah, Jonas Griffith. He looked really good in preseason. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this guy should make our team. Niners <laughs> like, you know what? We'll trade him for whatever a fifth or a sixth round pick, whatever it was. And he started might something. Might be something similar. Yeah, he looked good. Yeah. Jonas Griffith looked good. So I could see something similar going on here. But to answer Jaguayo's question, I'm going to say yes. I think D. Winters is making this team somehow. I mean, I like Flanagan Faust, McCrary Ball. Like, I want to see McCrary Ball. Like, our linebacking. They got so many. (laughs) This whole team, this whole team is just ridiculously deep. And it's, uh, I've, I've, I've said it multiple times on my show, but it's, it's just silly at a certain point how good they are at, at certain positions. Uh, I mean, just the depth on the linebacking core. I would say the li- the depth. Now I, I look at the depth in the secondary, which they've never really been deep at that position, but I just feel like right now I think that they're the deepest they've been in the secondary. Yeah, yeah. Wide, re- wide receivers? <laughs> like, when was the last time we were deep at wide receiver? <laughs> and Because uh, we were begging for wide receivers. Back in just five, six, seven years. Yeah, they ago. had to go out, go out and get Emmanuel Sanders at the deadline. Like, yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. But okay, last, last question, and we're gonna get out of here. Does Jimmy G play in the game? He better. He better. <laughs> I mean, McDaniel's like, you better get Jimmy. I know they had a tenure together in New England, but Jimmy, he needs all the reps he can get, dude. And I have a feeling, yeah, he should play. I. I think he will. I haven't heard anything either way, like concrete, whether he's playing or he's not. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Being said, man, I think Raiders fans are going to be pretty disappointed with the performance of Jimmy G this year. Devontae Adams, you know, he pushed the side. I think he's going to be pushing more people around this year because I just think he's just going to be kind of a grumpy guy, knowing that Jimmy G likes to live in that middle section of the field you better be running like 15 yard dig routes and slants and jimmy will hit you but Devonte wins all over the field but it ain't a rod throwing you the rock it ain't even Derek carr throwing you the rock so i i think the raiders fans are going to be disappointed they might be picking i'm saying raiders raiders are picking in the top 10 for sure yeah for sure ne- next year in my opinion for sure yeah and i I think that G- I don't think that they're going to throw Jimmy out to the wolves because if it looks bad, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. They're not going to want to throw him out there against mm. uh, against his defense. 
That's smart. And, you know what? I didn't think of that. You're right. They don't want him. They don't want to kill his confidence yeah. against the Niners D. And he doesn't normally play a ton of preseason, if I remember correctly. Like at least the 49ers didn't play him a bunch of preseason. Well, I remember he sucked. I remember yeah. he sucked in the he had some woeful, like alarming preseason games that kind yeah. of got us nervous. And then, you know, he gets into the regular season and when he had all these weapons and Kyle Shanahan, like Jimmy's solid, but I, I don't think it's gonna be I don't think it's going to be quite that. I'll, I'll I'll say this about Jimmy this year for the Raiders. I think that it's going to be kind of a coming home for him, and it's going to be a completely different offense. And it's going to be that old New England offense that he actually ran pretty well when he was in New England. So I would not be shocked if he was solid this season. But I don't think he's going to play a lot in this game. He might get a one-drive so yeah, like, series or two. That's what that's yeah. what I'm thinking. I would give him a couple series, but yeah, maybe. We'll see. But, hey, Eric, I appreciate you coming on, bro. It was a really good time. Like good time talking ball with you. Uh, the chat was electric tonight. Like appreciate you guys coming through. Love the community. Love the energy. And one more time, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the socials and where they can find your show? That's right. It's right here on the screen. Bay Area Baller 18. That's one word. Hey, like I it smells like football season. Like football's around the corner. It's just an exciting time of the year. I mean, when football's here, Sundays are just so much better. I don't know what you do outside of watching the Niners, but I'm on my couch watching Red Zone all day, all watching day. the 49ers, like checking all my fantasy football lineups. Like I just I love this time of year. Sundays are about to get a whole of a heck of a lot better. And I'm going to be pumping out some more content. I got back from vacay last week. I was in Hawaii, Pete. Yeah. So that's why I might have some extra energy. I was, I was well <laughs> relaxed last week. Yeah. So, but I'm excited to get back into it. And Pete, I was so happy we could link up because Absolutely. I know I've talked to you. We talked with hammer and yep. I love hearing from you. And I know we'll link up at some point during the season to talk some more ball. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're definitely going to be, get another invite soon. And uh, yeah, like, and really enjoyed it. Once again, you can see this video on YouTube. You can see it on Twitter. You can see it on Facebook. If you don't like looking at my face, you can always get it on the audio, wherever you want to get your audio podcast. I don't care where you get it. Just get it. And it's, like once again, like the video, make sure you give us a both channels, a subscribe, make sure that you hit the bell so you get the notifications for when we go live. Uh, we're going to get out of here tomorrow. I will be on with uh, with Beto, Niner Sickness, and on his channel, but the, we'll be broadcasting on my channel as well. So make sure you check out for that. Otherwise, I will see you guys tomorrow. And once again, as always, go Niners. This is the year.